Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host Jared. And I'm Edwina. And today we're still doing a Once More With Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today we are doing Season 4, Episode 12, A, a New Man. Man. This episode originally aired January 25th, 2000. Uh, written by Jane Eppinson and directed by Michael Greshman. Eddie. This is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan, but Jared has never watched the series all the way through, and I'm trying to convince him it's worth his time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I always have this little standoff whenever you say that. You look over me like, is it wasting his time? Uh, worth my time. Not <laughs> <laughs> wasting my time. Worth my time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This episode was it's okay. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's good. It was good. I'll say it was good. Yeah. Yeah, I actually really love this episode. It's it's a it's a good little um good little season four episode. You've mm, got the return yeah. of Ethan Rain, and you know how much I love Ethan yeah, Rain. Yeah, no, he's he's always worth his uh it's worth his time. You I know, think. he's my favorite Loki esque bad guy who comes along and causes a bunch of chaos. Mm, yeah, the <laughs> um, chaos guy. And yeah, and normally a bunch of comedy ensues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever he's around, we get to see, um, uh, get to learn a little bit more about Giles whenever he's in town. Like we get to reveal a bit more of his past and yeah, his old ways, yeah. and he, he tends to loosen up a bit more around him as yeah, well. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, yeah, I like his little introduction where he's pontificating and then gets <laughs> caught <laughs> mid-sentence. <There's> someone there <laughs> thinking that he's alone. Uh, yeah, um, I do like that, um, and yeah, I, I guess. This episode really is Giles having a midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, it's a metaphor for midlife crisis, isn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, yeah, it's exactly yep. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you want to go into the summary? Yep, I'll do the summary. Buffy and Riley are making out on her bed, but before it gets too serious, Willow barges into the room to tell them that a demon has attacked the rec room. Armed with weapons, they go to the rec room only for Buffy to discover that it was a surprise birthday party for a 19th. At the party, Giles feels out of place, especially when Buffy introduces Riley as her boyfriend and brags about how wonderful Professor Walsh is. Walsh is informed that Buffy is the Slayer. After revealing Riley's 17 captures and kills, she inquires about how many hostiles Buffy has killed. Uncomfortable, Buffy initially keeps quiet to avoid bragging. But from her conversation with Riley afterward, she is forced to admit that she has killed hundreds of vampires and saved the world multiple times, leaving Riley impressed and intimidated. Meanwhile, Giles discovers that a powerful demon is about to rise and calls Buffy, but Willow informs him that she is with Walsh. Giles goes to talk with Walsh about Buffy, unaware that she knows Buffy's identity of her position in the initiative. He has an immediate dislike for her and is offended when she says that Buffy lacks a father figure. Willow and Xander go with Giles to the cemetery to capture the demon. They are very late and fail to find the demon. Instead, they find the area incredibly clean, which Willow suggests is the work of the initiative. She and Xander go on how thorough the operation is, only to discover that Giles never knew about the initiative or that Riley and Walsh are behind it. Again, feeling incredibly out of the loop and unwanted, Giles sends Willow and Xander away, offering to stay in case things happen, but after a few seconds, he leaves. Ethan Rain walks out of the shadows, speaking of interesting things to come, only to be caught when Giles hears him and re-enters a mausoleum. Giles prepares to beat Ethan, sparing him only when Ethan's hastily uttered promise of information. 
Going out for a drink, Ethan tells Giles that the underworld is being threatened by the initiative, especially by something called 314, a plan that is throwing everything out of balance. Giles and Ethan get very drunk, with Giles opening up about how left out he feels and his annoyance that the initiative has the demons running scared when he has been fighting evil for 20 years. Ethan flirts with the waitress and gives his number to her. When he wakes the next morning, Giles discovers he has been transformed into a horned demon with incredible strength. He breaks the phone trying to make a call, then breaks the door off its hinges as he tries to leave the house. Giles goes to Xander's basement and tries to get him to help, but Xander does not recognize him and cannot understand Giles, who is speaking a Germanic language. Xander starts throwing things at him, and Giles runs away. The gang finds Giles' place destroyed and are worried about the same demon that went to Xander was responsible for hurting or killing Giles. Walking through the cemetery, Giles runs into Spike, who was searching for a new place to live after moving out of Xander's basement now that he can hurt demons. Spike recognizes Giles and identifies him as a Pharrell demon. Because he speaks the language, Spike agrees to help find Ethan and fix things for $200. Riley shows up at Giles' apartment where everyone is researching the demon. After finding the demon in Giles' book, they determine it can only be killed with a silver object. Spike tries to figure out how to drive Giles' car while telling Giles his experiences with Pharrell demons. Apparently, they are unintelligent, love destroying things, and have the ability to spray paralyzing goo with their noses that hardens like a rock. Upon spotting Walsh, Giles makes Spike stop the car so he can chase her down the street in revenge for their last conversation. Spike gets information about the waitress that Ethan flirted with and finds out where he lives. Breaking into the magic shop, Buffy finds a receipt for the materials purchased by Ethan Rain. Trying to escape the commando vehicles chasing after them, Demon Giles jumps out of the car while the commandos continue their pursuit on Spike, who crashes the car while trying to escape. Demon Giles charges into Ethan's motel room and attacks him. Buffy and Riley arrive on the scene and while Riley takes care of Ethan, Buffy fights with Demon Giles. With the letter opener she took from Giles' place, Buffy stabs the demon, but then she looks into his eyes and realizes the demon is Giles. The letter opener turns out not to be made of pure silver, sparing Giles as he is turned back into a human and Ethan is arrested by Riley. While Giles watches Ethan get taken away, Buffy and Riley talk about their abilities again. Buffy apologizes for not telling Giles about Riley and the initiative and promises to tell him everything in the future, but Giles is worried about her safety and whom she trusts. Walsh is upset that Riley disobeyed orders for Buffy, but he manages to convince her that Buffy will work out. Passing through security doors, Walsh enters a room labeled 314. The end. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, it's So, Midlife Crisis, is it, is it this episode we're talking about? Or? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. This is possibly the first time you see Giles looking just almost pathetic. Like, you can... Really at the party, yeah, especially. Like yeah. he's at the party, um, still hanging around. You know, it is that thing. It's just such an odd occurrence to have him hanging around with these teenagers. <laughs> like the fact that Buffy yeah. has that party, but no one invites her mom or <laughs> yeah Maggie or you know, like well, I don't know. When I when we have parties, you invite family. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Uh, yeah. Older member, like people varying in ages. And yeah, it was just weird because he's just this 40, you know, what is he, 40 or 50? Yeah, 40, 
mid forties, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. In this, and it's just him and a bunch of nineteen-year-olds, mm. <laughs> eighteen, nineteen-year-olds. And doesn't Buffy go on about something about not having old people around or something? Yeah. She says? So, so um, he was like, oh, he's. I think she started quoting Maggie, um, Maggie Walsh, and Giles says something like, oh, perhaps you should have. In, invited her along and Buffy's like, oh, no, she's like way old. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she's got other things. She's got better things to do. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And like even Anya didn't really want to talk to him. Mm. And like, his cake kept disappearing. <laughs> yes, he has this weird, yeah. This weird goof where he had cake and then he didn't have cake and then, oh, where's your cake? And they went and gave him some cake and then yeah. he still didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just chowing down that cake. The I disappearing, think, wasn't the di- magical disappearing piece of cake, the disappearing reappearing cake. I mm. should say, yeah, yeah. That that whole party scene's very weird to watch. Uh, yeah, um, but you know, also him being unemployed, he sort of doesn't have you know much direction in his life anymore. So yeah. Um, and you sort of have, you know, Buffy is sort of growing more confident and independent and doesn't really need need him around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of also having – she's almost got a new parental figure um, showing up in Maggie yeah. <laughs> as well, which you can kind of tell he's very threatened by mm-hmm. uh, in this episode. And, yeah, like – it's a bit just, sad, isn't it? It's very yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah. Not, not sad. Just as I said, he's just got no direction, no vision hmm. on what he's going to be doing with himself. Pretty much, you know. It, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, how is he paying rent? Oh, uh, I think he he must have money. Okay. So. Then again, he was a librarian, so you know. I think I, I think he's from money. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. okay. We haven't got much backstory on him on his... Well, you know that he's... Like, um, the Watcher's Council is one of those things that's handed down um, within a family. Okay. Yeah. A lot of nepotism going in there, is there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Possibly why they're so corrupt and useless, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because it is... Leading to their downfall. Yeah. nepotism where they're not getting the best people and everyone's just... Relatives are just handing down who... Yeah, yeah. So probably it's, a bit incompetent. Yeah, exactly. I think that's possibly what's going on there mm. is why the Watchers Council is absolutely shit <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah, because it is one of those things that it's handed down to the next generation, whether they like it or want it mm. or are good at it. <laughs> yes, more importantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Spike's really poor. Yeah, it's a bit... I could pay you money. Oh, I like money. How much? A hundred dollars? $100. You'll have to do a lot better than that. 200. Fine. Right then. Because it sort of caught me off guard when he's like, oh, if you a uh, hundred bucks, and he's like, really? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, you got no money? I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't really think about it to, uh, Well, before. he's never needed money before. Well, that was the other thing. Does he need money? Well, he does need money now because he has to buy the pig's blood and his cigarettes and whatnot, and he can't kill people for those things anymore. Oh, yes, yeah. So you have to remember he's probably just killed his mm-hmm. way. Well, exactly right. Yeah, it makes perfect sense now that uh, 
Yeah, he would he, need cur- currency to be able to exchange things that he needs because before he just would take it and would kill people for it. Yeah, quite easily. Yeah, yeah, and so now he can't do that. So well, he can still steal stuff though. I mean, it's not can he? Yeah, but he would normally just kill someone and then steal yeah, their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference. Hmm. Yeah. So well, he could rob. We could rob like a, a shop. Couldn't he? Couldn't he? He could hold a gun, like but not fire it or what? Uh, I think they have done that. He couldn't even hold. They'll they'll uh, okay. do that yeah. eventually. He can't even point a gun. Oh, uh, yep. All right. That that answers that then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'll talk about Maggie Walsh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and she really oversimplifies uh, Buffy's role as the Slayer, like saying the. You know, she's sort of talking up, you know, we have the most high tech powered mm-hmm. ways and, yeah, and then she's yeah. like, and you and you poke them with a pointy stick. <laughs> yeah. Um just completely misunderstanding that Buffy's the weapon. Mm. The stakes are tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh and this may be alluding what you what you've been saying with the initiative of where their place it is, and they're, and they're meddling with things they don't understand, and they are, it seems like they are having effect with uh, putting things out of balance. Yes. So what what was sort of mentioned in the episode? So it's almost like Buffy's like that apex predator who will sort of maintain the numbers yes. of certain animals so they don't overpopulate, but they still have to be there, sort of thing. Is that if you could sort of compare it that uh, in that sort of sense that she's. When there's an overpopulation, she can sort of... I mean, if she killed every single one, would that mean her job is done? I mean, is she, is she meant to do that, kill every single one? Well, I, she's one girl. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I doubt that that would ever be the, the case, that hmm. she would ever be able to kill every single yeah. demon. Well, we saw what happens when there was, was no Slayer in Sunnydale. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Maggie... Um, so, yeah, you have those themes of science versus magic, masculine energy versus feminine energy. So you've got the the science and the masculine and the mag- magic and the feminine. Uh-huh, yeah. And kind of that conversation with um, Maggie and Giles <laughs> where she just is like doesn't want to talk to him. Mm. Um, she's actually, she's kind of, she's quite rude and abrupt. Like she's generally pretty rude and abrupt with most people. Mm, yeah. To be fair. But yeah, it's, I think it's sort of that coded thing where she is actually trying to make out that her way of doing things is, it is the right way, is superior mm. to the way that Buffy and Giles were, and the way she spoke to him as well. She she very looked down at down her nose on him, like oh, you just you know looking in books and stabbing things with sticks. You know, it's, yeah. it's so old hat, and uh, you know this new technology we've got is going to pave the way, yes, and save us. Her yeah. her faith in the technology, yes, yes, will save them all. Yes, but yeah, she is in the superior place hmm. over Buffy. As yeah. well, <laughs> like, uh, and the fact that they tell, like, after Buffy finds out where, you know, using Buffy's own, me- you know, the way that she works, mm-hmm. she she realizes it's Ethan Rain. She works out where he is. Um, 
And then Riley's like, oh, I've been told I'm not supposed to bring you along. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And it is that thing in this episode. Riley is just insufferable in this episode. I didn't think he was that bad, to be honest. He's pretty bad. Like, uh, So you have that conversation where – so you have this super awkward conversation with Riley – uh, Riley and Giles at the party mm-hmm. where he just pretty much sits there and insults him <laughs> like by accident. Yeah. Um, starts going on about, I don't know, him, him being retired or, yeah, anyway. Oh, yeah, he retired. <laughs> retired at like, yeah. At 40. Well, we all yeah. love to be retired I'd love to be 40. retired at 40. Yeah. Um, so they have that conversation with Maggie and she's just like, oh, you know, Riley's, you know, captured 17 hostiles. Mm. And they're like, so do this sort of what's your, what's your number? Which yeah. has also been a euphemism for when people talk about how many people they've slept with. Like, what's your number? <laughs> I think Pen- there's a movie called What's Your Number? Or penis size or, you know. <laughs> uh, and then... It, it, it is very much a dick measuring contest, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then like, so Buffy sort of played it down and then... In a like, obviously she's said a bit she's more. She's been around a bit. <laughs> yeah, she's been sleeping around since she was fifteen. Yeah. So of course her number's going to be really high. <laughs> <laughs> or should I say, she's been playing. Uh, what is it? She's been slaying demons since she, she was fifteen. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then you have him like being really insecure. Yeah. About it. And then he's like, oh, you know, I thought last week was a big week, but that's just a Tuesday for you. Mm. When you're out there saving the world every week, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, um, for me, it was Tuesday. For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Yeah, and then he says the most arrogant thing ever. Oh, what was that? And it's the, I don't even think I could take you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, no, you could not fucking take her. Of course you could not fucking take her. Well, he understands that she has superhuman powers, though. That's, you know. Yeah, but he doesn't even – he still just sees her as this meek little girl. Well, it's it's hard to se- separate that because she is a meek little girl. <laughs> <laughs> they get cut him some slack here, you know. It, it no, is. but then – and then they go into that sparring match. And oh, he, you and know what he, that remind me of? What? Uh, Daredevil. Oh, uh, yeah, you remember yeah. Remember that sparring yeah, match yeah, they had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That flirty fighting <laughs> Yeah. Which actually flirt fighting. Flirt fighting. <laughs> flirt fighting, yeah. yeah. But it was that thing where he's like, don't hold back. Don't hold back. Hmm. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, if she doesn't hold back, you would be dead in 30 seconds. Hmm. Or one second, just one punch <laughs> to the head. And it slides out. Yeah. And he got injured even though, and then, then it was quite obvious that she was holding back quite hmm. a lot by the fact that he... Was not dead. Hmm. Uh, and also, I couldn't tell whether she, she was either doing it just to save his life or to help with these little insecurities that he was feeling about her. It's adjustment. He's, he's just adjusting. <laughs> no, well, the, the thing is that this isn't something that he gets over. 
Oh, like it no? ends up becoming like a reoccurring pattern with him that he actually cannot handle how strong she actually is. And it does end up leading to the downfall of their relationship. Right. So it starts this early. Wow. <laughs> well, he's very old-fashioned, isn't he? He's very, you know, with, when it comes to courting she is, women. She, no, she is the purest. <laughs> she, she is the purest soul I have ever known. <laughs> yeah. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. So I, I just find him a bit... White bread in this, as you would put it. Fucking white bread. It's fucking white bread in this episode. Yeah, particularly bad. It's fucking white bread. You're boring. Look at you in your stupid outfit. Is it like he's trying to play Clark Kent almost? Just sort of popped away because I, because, you know, well, Clark-, Clark Kent actually had power. <laughs> no, but that's, yeah, he, he, would, he would pretend to be this Weasley guy for like, Corn-fed guy from Iowa, yeah, I- yeah. you know, from the country. Corn-fed Iowa boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's near Kansas, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> that middle America sort of country guy, you know? I guess. Very old-fashioned. Use, he uses the word court he and then the he also court. said, she's the purest soul I have ever known. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. So you, they bring up the three fourteen, which is a nice little mystery that they've added in, um, but also kind of insinuating that yeah, the initiative are perhaps a little perhaps more nefarious a, than what you yeah, think. Yeah, they are perhaps have maybe more sinister intentions than, hmm. and the fact that the underworld is actually taking notice. Yeah, <laughs> that something's going on. Yeah, we finally got that revelation now. So I, I didn't, I had no idea anything like that was coming. But yeah, confirmed almost. I'd say. Yeah, uh, I think one of the best parts of this episode though is Spike and Giles. Oh, the buddy cop thing they had going <laughs> yes, on. Yes, the buddy cop thing that they have going on. Mm. Uh, you know, Giles wakes up with the hangover from hell. <laughs> I know I've certainly felt like a Pharrell demon yeah. from time to time waking up on those mornings. Um, and they just have... Just destroying the house. <laughs> smashed phone. <laughs> ripped, ripped shirt and a smashed phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of remind me of Spider-Man actually when he was like trying to grab things and everything he grabbed would just crumble in his hand because his strength was... Yeah. Not knowing your own strength. I think you did something with the door as well. When you took a door off and it came off, or yeah, no? I can't really yeah. remember. Uh, yeah, um, and again, yes, bike driving Giles's car. That's the last you'll see of the Citron. Oh no! Yeah, it's a classic car. That yeah, gets smashed in mm. this episode. Um, he gets a little red convertible. Oh, is is this uh, continuing the midlife <laughs> crisis? Is it? I don't think a it, Beamer or something was it? Yeah, he gets a BMW. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> little BMW, little red convertible, convertible, yeah. little sexy thing. I think he calls, <laughs> <laughs> and it's an automatic. <laughs> so Buffy can drive it. Oh, I don't think Buffy ever drives. No, I don't think we have after, seen it. No, after the one episode where you saw her driving in Band Candy. Mm. Uh, yeah, you don't ever see her driving again. Poor her. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, uh, yeah. The double meaning of the name of the episode. A new man. Yeah. So because Buffy has a new man. Yes. And then the predicament that Giles gets himself in turns him into a, a new kind of man. Mm. D-man. A D-man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Tara and Willow doing spells. Yes. Subtext, subtext, subtext. Subtext, subtext, yes. Um, together, plucking petals off a rose. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> didn't uh, notice that, did you? No, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um. And Willow doesn't tell Buffy uh, where she was or who she was with. Yeah. So Buffy hasn't been told about uh, Tara yet. So, again, they're, they're all keeping, yeah, not necessarily keeping secrets. They're just not telling everyone in the group the whole story. So. Or just being lazy. It seemed like Buffy was going to tell Giles but just hadn't got around to it. She had the opportunity to tell him and yeah, didn't. Yeah, she did, yeah. Uh, she didn't want to tell him. She didn't want to tell him. Mm. I think that was the problem. <laughs> she didn't forget. She didn't forget at all. She just didn't want to. Um, but that also goes into the fact that everyone else knew except for Giles, including Spike. Mm. Spike knew. <laughs> Spike knew, Anya knew, like absolutely everyone knew. Even Maggie. Maggie Walsh knew. <laughs> like... like mm. Um, like the fact that everyone else knew except for him, yeah, just would have made him. I think that's what ended up making him so vulnerable to Ethan's trickery. Yeah, let his guard down a little bit. And that he let his guard down. That he was just like, and you know, and he's like, "Oh, I've got information." Like he was feeling so useless. Yeah, he thought, "Oh, I'll take this opportunity and see what he's got," but just uh, got himself tricked it again. So, what? How did he turn into a demon? I'm. I'm guessing. Was it his drink? Like, could you, have. Can, you can do that? Yeah. He could have just popped something into the drink and then done a spell later to. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what Willow said was that some powerful magic had taken place. That's how That's how Buffy knew to go to the magic shop. Uh, is that because of the, the spell that they were doing was affected by it? Yeah. Oh. So okay. there was some sort of powerful magic that had turned Giles into a Feraldum in. So, go D's. <laughs> Talking of demons, uh, had you seen this episode? I think I have. Uh, I the Giles being a demon thing was very familiar. I definitely had seen that, and the scene where he ran down the street and chased Walsh yeah. and got back in the car, I'm like, all right, let's go. You know, uh, yeah. So I, I definitely had seen that before. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was somewhat familiar, I think. Okay. Yeah. In the background or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Though, yeah, I do. I think I do remember watching it and you s- seeing that scene and you kind of went, ah, that's actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> it, was more of a, more, it was more of just a nose sniff. Like, <laughs> 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 it was more of a, <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh um and did you go down any rabbit no, holes? Oh, you know what? No. I'm sorry. I, I 
didn't really have much. Well, I've got one thing. It's not really a rabbit hole, but just uh, this probably deserves its own podcast. And we, we, I think we will do this one day. But uh, yeah. I, I got me watching uh, this episode. Got me watching this today. This, this is bad news. Mummy! It's bad news. Bad news. The comic strip presents more bad news. Yes. Hi, Colin. It's Sally Friedman, remember? <laughs> Colin? Yeah, hi. No. No, uh, I, I'm, I'm not Colin. I'm, I'm, I'm Trevor. I'm <laughs> Trevor, Colin's twin brother. If you want Colin, he'll probably be round at his, his pad because he's frightfully groovy. Than me anyway. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, yeah, bad news. Uh, that's probably not the best clip to play. <laughs> well, mainly uh, because it was mainly a visual at the start, because that's where he stands in the dog poo. Yeah. <laughs> so he stands in dog poo. Yeah. <laughs> takes off his shoe, but puts it, his sock and in. And then stands the- in it again. <laughs> <laughs> puts his sock into it and then runs inside going, Mummy! 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 Um, yeah. It's hilarious. Now, why did lyrics, you... Action head. No, no, you have got to look mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's your favourite one. You've got to look mean. Um, yeah, so the Comic Strict Presents, this is the uh, the Young Ones. Before they did Young Ones, they did a show called Comic Strict Presents. Well, they did something different um, every episode. Bad news. Now, it's been debated who came out first, Bad News or Spinal Tap. Um, I think Spinal Tap came out first, but they'd already made this but hadn't released it yet. So, But it's a, one of those rock mockumentaries. Except these guys are just shit. Yeah. Spinal Tap at least had some success. Yeah. Even so they, Spinal they were, Tap were actually successful. Yeah. Bad news. They're just a garage band. And with Rick Rail and Adrian Ebbotson, like their chemistry, basically just beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i never seen two guys who do it so well. Yeah. Um, God bless his soul. He passed away some time ago, uh, Rick Mail, unfortunately. So. Yeah. Which is a shame. But, Most uh, of our American listeners will probably know Rick Mail probably more for like Drop Dead Fred. Drop Dead Fred, yeah. Which was probably his biggest American yeah, guest, movie. Guest House Paradiso as well. I'm not sure if anyone saw that. Um, yeah, maybe Drop Dead Fred. Uh, but he had, he's had countless TV shows and absolute you know, yeah, gem but in they're, England. They're all of those, they're all those um, English... TV shows that have like that their season is six episodes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's quality. It's quality over quantity, though. There's six awesome episodes. Yes, not twenty-two half decent ones. <laughs> yeah, not mentioning any names. <laughs> um, so yeah, and there's there's a scene where they're they're in a they're in a studio doing a bit of recording, and you can see a certain person in the background. If I can, can just find it. I'm just showing this to you, Eddie. Is that Giles opening yeah, the door? Yeah, that was Giles. <laughs> Anthony <laughs> Stewart head, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He was in bad news. I never noticed it. I've seen it so many times, but he's, you just see the side of his head. He's like he's, I don't think he even says anything. I can have a couple of speaking roles. But, uh, yeah, 
bad news, more bad news. The two, they're on YouTube at the moment. Um, go watch it. They're there. Just type in bad news. The comic strip presents more bad news. Oh, there's bad news. Sorry. Comic strip presents bad news. And then the sequel was comic strip presents more bad news. And and, I've, and it's a who's who of, of English comedy. You've got... Um, Dawn French. Dawn French. And what's the other girl? No, she wasn't in it. No. Oh. Um, I'm th- sorry. I'm thinking French and Saunders. Saunders. No, I, don't, I think Saunders was in it maybe. Was she in it? I know, I know. So you got Jennifer Saunders and Dawn French. They're both in it. Yeah. She's in both of them too, playing yeah. two different characters. One, she's like a teenage girl or something. Yes, yeah. She's like a groupie <laughs> yeah. in, in one of them. And then the other one, she's like a rock producer or something. Yeah, like an yeah. evil rock producer who's just trying to exploit them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but like, this is just absolute comedy, comedic gold. Go check it out. Um, that's it for me. <laughs> All right. Did you want to get into question time then? Yeah, let's do it. Answer the question. All right, Jared. Which character was your favourite in this episode? Pharrell Giles. Pharrell Giles. <laughs> Giles Pharrell. <laughs> Giles Pharrell. <laughs> Sounds like a rock star, doesn't it? Does actually. Giles Pharrell. Yeah, I went with Giles. Uh, which character do you love to hate in this episode? Walsh. Yeah, I went yeah. with Walsh. She's a little extra bitchy. <laughs> um, LOL moment. So it's got to be the Giles uh, overhearing um, Ethan pontificating about this <laughs> evil plan he's going to have. <laughs> Could have waited just a couple more seconds before you started screaming out, I'm going to get you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. Um, yeah, mine was Giles trying to get like he goes to Xander, trying to wake up Xander. Yeah. Xander. Xander, wake up. Mom. No, it's not Mom. Oh. And he's, you know, because you because we can hear him he's speaking yes, yeah. normally. And then he's standing over Xander going, <laughs> um, and Xander That's a face you want to wake up to, is yeah. it? <laughs> but, but it's him like going, Xander, wake up. Xander. <laughs> and of course, having a go at him for sleeping in past 10 o'clock. I think it's 10.30 and he's still in bed. <laughs> it was very well done, that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was your favourite fight scene? That was actually my favourite fight scene was Xander and Giles. <laughs> <laughs> and Xander just throwing pots and pans at him. <laughs> and he just runs off. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with the, the hotel room fight scene. Uh, where, oh, yes. Yeah. At the where, end, yeah. 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 Where, he's tr- where he's trying to get um, Ethan... Hmm. Buffy stabs him. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, favorite scene. I really did like the scene of Giles and Ethan drinking at the bar. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was just a really, it's a really nice scene to see him out of his normal comfort zone. You get to see more of the real Giles, I think, as yeah. well. Yeah, it's funny how yeah. You have your arch nemesis, but yeah, everything's okay once you have a few drinks together, isn't it? Yeah, but remember that they used to be 
friends. I think they used to also be lovers, but oh, yeah. really? Oh, well, is, is that just hinted? Or is, well, that, is that confirmed? No, because like it was what he used to talk about. What they, I think, Willow brings up all of the like what they had to do to get that I- Igor demon thing. Yeah. Anyway, was that you? They used to take part in orgies and um, baklavas and okay. oh, I, can't, I can't remember what it was. Um. But there was only one female in the group. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm, yeah. Maybe that's where the nickname Ripper came from. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly right. Um, Ripped his asshole. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know. I like. I like to think that perhaps it wasn't, you know, maybe they were once lovers. And that's why he was had it out for him a little bit. Maybe orgy lovers, like <laughs> only orgies. Yeah. Well, you know, Never but it is, it is it is canon that they were once friends. Um, but it is that thing where Giles is talking and he's just like, "Who's Maggie Walsh? What are you talking about?" Yeah. Um, my favorite scene is probably the. I refuse to become a monster because I look like a monster. I have a soul. I have a conscious. I'm a human being. Oh, stop the car. Jumps out and <laughs> j- jumps out and chases Maggie Walsh down the street. All right, let's go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just need to get that out. Went in Rome, huh? Yeah. And what was your least favorite scene? Uh, so the Buffy and Riley fighting was a little. Um, oh, the flirt, the, the flirt, flirt, flirt fighting. Yeah, the flirt fighting. Yeah. Also the party scene, I think maybe. Yeah. I'm going with the party scene. Mm. The awkward, awkward party scene. Mm. Oh, come on. Just invite a few older people. <laughs> like, invite her mum or something. Like, yeah. Anyway. Favourite quote? Uh, so, a scene with Professor Walsh and Buffy. And Professor Walsh says, so, you're the Slayer. Buffy, yeah, that's me. Walsh, we thought you were a myth. And Summer's retort, well, you were myth-taken. You were myth-taken. Yep, that, that's my favourite quote as well. Oh, really? Myth-taken. I will often say this in real life. <laughs> this just lives rent-free in my head and I sit there going, you were myth-taken. We thought you were a myth. Well, you were myth-taken. And whenever someone brings up myths, I start going, well, I think you are myth-taken. I think I have heard you say that before and I had no idea what the hell you're on about. <laughs> yes. And yes. now who gets the wooden spoon? I gave the wooden spoon to Willow for cock blocking Riley. <laughs> I don't know, it was a bad idea that entire birthday party like you just don't throw a surprise party for the slayer 
and it looked like they were just about to start getting naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played it pretty cool. Like he was like, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll go get this demon." Like I would have been like, five, five can you minutes. Do, can you guys just wait? Just give us ten minutes, all right? We'll be right there, okay?" Like five minutes, la- probably five minutes later than that, and there would probably be no that you know probably wouldn't have much clothing on. Hmm. Um, yeah, bad idea. <laughs> Surprise! But don't, don't you do the tie and the. Necktie on the door, or something like yeah, that. There's some sort of code they would but, have had, maybe that Buffy but, should have done, should have put. But Buff, Buffy told, probably told Willow that she was there with Riley. Okay, that Riley was over. That's even worse. So she did it anyway. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna go with Giles for this one. Ooh. For the wooden spoon. Oh. Um. Because there is one issue that I do have with this episode. What's that? It's the fact that once he finds Spike who can actually understand what he's saying, that he doesn't go straight to Buffy. Like he makes the choice to try to fix it without getting Buffy involved. Mm. It happens a lot, doesn't it, when someone tries to do something without involving the Slayer and it probably should have been their first option. Yeah. First and only option. Not only made things worse. Yeah. I suppose he didn't really get much of an opportunity. Like as soon as he went to Xander's and then realized he couldn't speak, they wouldn't recognize him. Then he met then he met Spike. Well, by this stage, he hadn't actually spoken to Buffy for quite some time. So probably not since the party. He hadn't actually been able to get in contact with her. Hmm. Um No, no, you're right. No, he should have plenty of opportunities. Yeah. But yeah, he could have got Spike to call her. Yes. Or yeah, just track down Buffy, let her know what had happened, not realizing that by that stage she was already on to the fact that something had happened to him. Mm. And he was yeah, trying to, he was he was trying to hide it from her. That was the other thing. Like she was with him. Yeah. Secrets would get you As nowhere. As I said, it was the fact that they keep trying to hide these little secrets from each other. So this is going to start causing some issues. Yeah. Uh, who's the MVP of the episode? I gave it to Spike. <laughs> actually, yeah, he is actually. Yeah, he was pretty helpful. Um, you know, chasing and getting chased by the initiative, and I guess. Yeah, he followed through on. Moved out of Xander's basement. Yeah, gonna go find himself a nice little. Mm. Oh, actually, something I forgot to mention. Anya, when she was in the basement, is reading a comic book that had Mortal Kombat on the back of it. <laughs> it just it just stuck out like dog's balls. <laughs> like when I saw that advertisement for Mortal Kombat, it looked pretty cool. Okay. Um, a close second is, yeah, Buffy being all intuitive. Yeah. And realising it was... Every it episode, was... It's, a, it's a struggle to not give it to her. <laughs> Got to find out, find a way of not giving it to her every fucking yeah, week. Yeah, but it was also like Spike recognised that it was him as well pretty quickly as like... Um, mm. Like Spike realised it was him. Again, yeah. Spike is also very, very intuitive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Buffy realises it's him after she stabs him. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, was it the look of disappointment on his face? Yes, the look of disappointment. Uh, and what do you rate this episode out of 10? I'm guessing we're going to say the same thing. 
Five non-silver letter openers. Five. Eight. And that's exactly what I had written <laughs> down. <laughs> non-silver. And that's what I literally have that written here. Eight out of ten not-silver letter openers. <laughs> Great minds think alike, Eddie. Yep. Someone said that. Someone smiled, I hope. <laughs> yep. Anything else you want to say? Uh, no, that's that's about it for me. I've uh, exhausted every all our resources, Eddie, on this episode. I think there's nothing else anyone else could ever say about episode season four. <laughs> I, I don't know. Episode twelve was it? Episode twelve. Yep, season four, episode twelve. Season four, episode twelve. A yeah. new man. A new man. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. So we are going to wrap this up now, Eddie. Uh-huh. Well, I hope you have enjoyed listening to us tonight. We are Nerd Subculture. My name is Jared. I'm Edwina. And you can find us on the internet, Edwina. Yeah, yeah. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. There is a Facebook group and you can email us at nerdsubculture at gmail.com. And if you want to help out the podcast, follow the link tree on our socials to our merch store. Yes. Buy our merch. Yeah. So, also, follow... Um, what is it like? Like, share, subscribe, like, share, give subscribe, us a thumbs up. Thumbs share up. us a comment, anything at all. Rate us. We'll be here 24-7. On <laughs> whatever, whatever app you're listening to us on, rate us on there. Rate us on, yes. Give subscribe. us a rating. Subscribe. Do it all. Take care. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. Girl,